Hello, my name's Luke and welcome to Scapegoat, the podcast where we decide who gets to blame and who gets away with murder. This week we are going to be talking about hipsters, from the heights of Portland to the lows of Brooklyn. I've got a very special guest today. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. And Luke, thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Holiday, and I've lived in many places that would be described as hipster. Okay, I got a holiday on because she's a bit of a specialist in this subject. <laughs> do you want to give off your uh, academically looking at hipster credentials? Uh, yeah, so in Portland, I was there for college. I was learning about anthropology and sociology. And my multiple papers I did, including my thesis, were on the kind of the intersection between food and culture, specifically hipster culture in Portland. So I spent about four years looking at it. So we have got an academic is here to help us today. <laughs> no. Okay, the thing is that when we're going to be addressing hipsters, hipsters, we're going to first uh, talk about a bit about the history of it because many people might have heard of hep cats and cool dudes from back in the day and think, are those really hipsters? So we're going to start off with that. Then we're going to talk about modern hipsters and then we're going to even try and define hipster, which is a lot harder than you might actually think. Yeah, really hard. As I was going through my research, I realized that it was just those years before and now really difficult to define exactly what a hipster is. I'll tell you, just compared to the other episodes of the podcast, they're normally based heavily in fact. And uh, this one, it's a lot of opinions. So uh, <laughs> it really is. We're moving to the history of hipsters. Hipsters or hapcats. I actually think hapcats would be a far better name if we called people hapcats now. Like, I think people don't want to be called hipsters, but if you said, hey, Hepcat, they'd be like, I'll roll with that. They started to emerge in the 1930s and 50s. It was just like a slang reference to people who are really into jazz, like particularly bebop in the USA. Yeah, and it was particularly popular in larger cities such as like New York or Los Angeles. So yeah, generally just the big urban centers, this became like a highly popularized thing that the young people were doing. Exactly. This subculture was like it was mostly made up of black people originally from the 1930s, but like most black culture, white people started to adopt it about 10 years later. So by the 1940s, there were a lot of white hipsters. I also have to say, I've, in my research, I came across this really funny book for like 25 cents of, you know, Hepcat jive slang, particularly marketed towards like a really, uh, really white couple. They also adopted a style, obviously adopting, you know, black culture, a style of jazz musicians, which went from everything from fashion sense, really even to using drugs. Yeah, it was kind of this whole yeah. encompassing thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the hipster fashion was like a lot less buttoned up than formal fashion with men's having like a jaunty style. They had zoot suits, if you can remember them, the big, like, padded shoulders. Quite a statement. <laughs> if you've ever seen Cab Calloway or someone like that from back in the day, or even Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega, if you happen to like your 90s pop music, <laughs> that's pretty much what a zoot suit is. The women's style for the original hipsters, they tended to be shorter dresses, but still kind of, like, very respectable by 1940s standards, but they increasingly were wearing trousers, which is very unusual and kind of almost empowering at the time. Yeah, everything was kind of relaxed. Like, they had a relaxed attitude, uh, very sarcastic humor, you know, finding that there's a lot of self-imposed poverty, which definitely relates to right now in our term of hipster, as well as kind of relaxed sexual uh, codes. If I was in the 1940s, it was the fun crowd to hang around with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd want to be a hipster, for sure. What they started to do was they started to get jive speech patterns. Jive came from the whole jazz scene that people would be like, hey, you're a cool cat. You know, a lot of them would even be used today. 
Myself and Holly have kind of challenged each other that we're going. We've come up with some jazz terms, and we're going to see if the other person knows exactly what this jive means. Okay, I'm going to start off first. What's a square? Oh, a square. It must be someone who's not cool. I assume that's carried over to today. Yeah. It used to actually come from a square deal, like someone who would treat you right, but people are like, you're a real square. <laughs> but uh, it used to be square deal. It's like, hey, buddy, he did me a real solid square deal on this Cadillac, 1933. It used to be cool, but not cool anymore. Okay, so the next one I have is... What do you think to be storked means? Oh, goodness, storked. I would guess that because the Americans, you guys believe storks bring babies, it would be to do with pregnancy? Would it be someone to become pregnant? You are exactly right. When I came across that one, I was completely surprised, but it really makes sense. Do you know what a hoochie-coochie was? Oh, yeah, I came across this. Um, a hoochie-coochie is... It's like a, is it a dance? Yes, but it also would describe the kind of woman who would do the dance. So it would be kind of like, let's put it this way, it would be a woman who would be of loose virtue back in the day. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, another one is an apron. Oh, goodness, an apron. I don't... It's a type of person, as a hint. God, what well, an apron is something that, like, something would splatter all over. Would it be like a job or, like, a type of person? No, you're right. It is like a, a, a job they're talking about. But think about the places where they would, you know, typically frequent. It was cool. It's a cool thing. Barman. Yeah, exactly right. Wow, that was really good. Oh, what? Yeah, bartender. Okay, so, like, these are some of the cool jive terms. I only had two. Do you have a third? <laughs> My last one I have is a bucket from Nantucket. I'm guessing Nantucket rich place, bucket from Nantucket rich person? Ooh, yeah, see, that's what I thought at first, too. But it's actually just a person who's a heavy drinker. According to this list, which is not very, you know, scientific, I'm sure, but, yeah. So, basically, it's a New England lush. Yeah, I guess so, exactly. <laughs> oh, what? As we mentioned earlier, there were the squares, who were kind of like extremely formal people in society, which would be like, hello, sir, I got a starched collar and, you know, a properly zipped up tie. And zipped up tie, sorry, that's very foolish, but a properly <laughs> straight tie. And, uh, right. you know, this new kind of like anti-square hipster movement, a lot of famous musicians at the time were considered hipsters. For instance, Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra and throughout the World War II era, this suddenly exploded into popularity and it kind of continued into the 1950s. And really slowly, other cultures began to grow parallel to it, kind of like the beatniks from the beat generation in the 50s who also, also spoke jive. And then as we get towards the end of the 1950s, hipsterism kind of begins to fade away as just the other new waves of culture come in. Yeah, because I was kind of looking into people like Jack Kerouac, who would have been the beat generation, and been like, are they hipsters? And I actually came across like an internet board where people were saying, no, you cannot be beat generation and hipsters. I was looking at them like, they both speak jive, and they're like, that is not an argument. So do not call Jack Kerouac a hipster if he is somehow reanimated and asks you what subculture he belongs to. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to argue that since the hipster word is so undefined nowadays that he probably still would be a hipster if he was, you know, alive now. Well, we, I would say he would probably come under the category of new hipster quite easily. <laughs> Yeah, most people, a lot of people do. Many of the children uh, during this period of hipsterism, they actually became to be known as the hip kids. 
and they went on to create a new wave of counterculture, for instance, beatniks, hippies. And uh, hippie is actually derived from the same word as hipster, which is just hip, which is like a 1903 jazz term, just meaning like, you know, cool. I didn't know that before researching this. That's kind of, it's an interesting fact. There was actually a character, do you know uh, Jim Henson? He did the Muppet Show and Sesame Mm -hmm. Street. Well, originally his TV program, which Kermit the Frog was on, was called Sam and Friends. And they had a character called Harry the Hipster. And he was like this just like frog looking guy who had these like just this cigarette coming out of his mouth and these like big (laughs) round glasses. And he kind of, he didn't speak hipster. He spoke beatnik, but he's like, cool. See, yeah, and the confusion, like are beatniks hipsters or not? Yeah, I mean, I think if beatniks arrived today, they would certainly be hipsters. I've put it this way that the beatniks are certainly modern hipsters, but not all modern hipsters are certainly beatniks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. (laughs) Hipsters, once hippies and beatniks and the 1950s ended, they kind of, the whole thing collapsed. But the term hipster started to re-emerge in the early 2000s. Some people say the early 90s, but most of the sources say early 2000s, just to describe the bohemian lifestyle springing up in New York, particularly around the East Village in Brooklyn. Right, and then uh, it's... Again, it's loosely defined, but there is like a 2003 book called The Hipster Handbook, which describes these particular people as mop-top haircuts, swinging retro pocketbooks, talking on cell phones, smoking European cigarettes, strutting in platform shoes, which, as an aside, I don't really understand that one, but with a biography of Che Guevara sticking out of their bags. So it's quite this, like, appropriation and amalgamation of culture. But, I mean, if you'd look at that description and you remove the cell phones... If someone told me that was a description of John Lennon in 1967, I would probably believe it. Yeah, it's a really good point. (laughs) It is kind of like, it crosses so many eras, and it really is about being cool, it seems like. I mean, it's not exactly the best defined thing, but this hipster handbook, the one that starts to identify hipsters, is a major, like, cultural point, and the word hipster is starting to be, like, used again a lot more frequently. And it's spread throughout the United States into, like, uh, people in Austin, people in Portland, people even in Minneapolis. A lot of these people suddenly start being described as hipsters. Yeah, so much so that even at one point, the New York Times asked its writers to stop using the word because it was just used too much and was badly defined. But the similar culture, again, began to emerge in Europe with places like Camden and Shoreditch and London being associated with, again, hipsters. Yeah, I mean, like, there was a lot of, like, hipster areas. You'd find them, for instance, for like, Germany or even Zizhkov in Prague. Yeah, it's a great hipster area. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty fun drinking spot. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a common thing that a lot of people said about these hipsters because they started to become associated with gentrification, which was when a neighborhood used to be a little bit, I'll say, run down. It wouldn't be, like, up to its former glories. And these people would start moving in. They would start, like, buying the accommodation and putting up shops and it would revive the neighborhood. But a lot of locals wouldn't like it because it meant the rent price went up and they couldn't afford to live where their ancestors had lived for the last hundred years. Yeah, I'm actually living right now. Um, the new place we moved to, which is Durham, in North Carolina, uh, has quite the... the it's, it's kind of like how Portland was five, ten years ago, and that is going directly through this gentrification, hipsterizing process, if you will. Exactly the same thing. Okay. So since you were in Portland and now you're in North Carolina... 
can you tell us where the next hipster scene will be? Just to give some of the our listeners just a shout out to go slightly ahead. <laughs> well, I think they're they're labeling the new upcoming hipster cities, if you will, as just the new upcoming cities in America, anyways. So that would be places like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, things that used to be kind of run down in the, like, the former or the Rust Belt of America, that are now gaining like this renaissance of again gentrification cool farm to table restaurants opening up locals who want to be slightly counterculture and love coffee etc what i was reading was that it's going to be detroit because they've got like a really flourishing Mm. art scene at the minute right no exactly yeah places like up there up there in the u.s the next thing that really happened was throughout the late 2000s and early 2010s there has been a whole spate of articles saying now hipsters are dead now we've called it hipsters are dead and it goes back to about a 2007 article and you'll find one each year that vice tends to release one each year buzzfeed releases one each year that it's just like hipsters are dead i know we said it last year but hipsters are dead guardian said it and then you'll see the next week an article saying hipsters are taking over shortage but then it'll be like you said they were dead last week yeah yeah and i come across as a lot that the new term is really i don't know fohemian have you heard that i haven't but uh yeah what would you explain what fohemian means I mean, honestly, it really seems to be basically a hipster, but, you know, people living a bohemian lifestyle when they aren't poor, you know, pretending to be living that, like, free-spirited bohemian lifestyle when they really have a nice tech job at, like, Google. What some people would call tourists. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Tourists are closers. Well, we're going to move into the definition of hipsters, because a lot of people say, well, you've talked around hipsters, where they come from. What actually is a hipster? Holly, would you like to tell us the definition of what a hipster is? Oh gosh, so, okay, honestly, the the definition I like the most of a hipster is a person who is, like, consciously cool, as in they're appropriating all these different aspects, they're curating their own personality, and kind of, like, really showcasing who they are to the world very carefully. It's, you have to consciously be cool. According to that definition, Fonzie from Happy Days, hipster? Actually, I don't know, I'm not the best person to answer this question, because I don't, I've never seen Happy Days. (laughs) You see, that's, that is a hipster answer. No, I don't know your 1970s trash. (laughs) No, but really, uh, maybe. I'll tell you what, Dictionary.com defines a hipster as a person who follows the latest trends and fashions, especially in regard to those outside the mainstream culture. And Webster, Marion Webster, defines it as a person who is usually aware of or interested of a new unconventional patterns in jazz or fashion. Pretty much the same as you, but I think Marion Webster's definition is very 1955. Yeah, that really, that part, the jazz part especially. <laughs> I was thinking about inserting one definition by Urban dictionary the top urban dictionary definition of a hipster and it reads for three pages and it's extremely sincere but it's written about every single aspect from like well our jeans are like this but when people try and buy the same jeans they're not the same jeans as us because we got them from thrift shops and you're a tourist and it was like the best thing i've ever read and i kept talking about like androgyny and weird stuff but uh yeah we'll move on <laughs> to the actual definition of this but that was it was the most ridiculous thing i've read but it would have been great but it was taken up like three quarters of our show someone's taking it very seriously this definition there's always been a kind of problem i found with defining hipsters so we've got the dictionary definitions we've got holly's definition and i would tend to agree with holly's definition it's 
conscious style choices, but it's been a problem defining hipsters, as it tends to be a pejorative label, which are just put on to people who just people just point and say he's a hipster there's very few people out there who actually come up to you and say hi i'm luke i'm a hipster it's very true have you ever read that onion article actually where it's called <laughs> two hipsters angrily call each other hipster yes it's great it kind of like encompasses the whole thing people who are hipster never want to actually be called hipster yeah i mean there's one thing that i started doing that uh, i hung out with people who would be a lot more hipsterish than me because they would always deny being a hipster, I just started owning it, although I'm not really one. I started saying, oh yeah, I'm king of the hipsters. I'm really hipster, but and, you know, the second that they didn't want the identity, but they certainly did not want let to let me have the identity. So a lot of people kind of got very hurt feelings by telling me, no, Luke, you're definitely not a hipster. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, trust me, like, none of you guys are hipsters. You wouldn't know what a hipster is. So it's like, look, we know you're not a hipster. I think that's a good strategy because people really <laughs> call themselves out as hipster in the end. <laughs> They'll be like, okay, I don't want to out myself, but uh, you're not. <laughs> but I clearly know what it is because I am. Yes. There are, let's say, a number of things which tend to be associated with being a hipster. It's normally about fashion, but, you know, as we said earlier, there are certain individuals that you could think they're cool, they're consciously cool, but you wouldn't quite say they're hipster. Like, for instance, mm -hmm. Taylor Swift is consciously cool. Would you say she's a hipster? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no, I wouldn't say she's a hipster. She doesn't, I mean, once in a while she embodies style. That would is generally associated with hipsters, but she's not as doesn't encompass as many or doesn't check off as many boxes. I guess I think she's a trendy nerd, honestly. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so these are ten things that are associated with being hipsters, and we're going to go through this and we're going to say which of these we each have, and if they're a fair thing to judge people by. Since this is an audio podcast, I have to tell you, Holiday is looking at me aghast. She has just seen this list and she's like, "This is a setup." <laughs> I do tend to encompass a lot of these things. And yeah, it's, it's maybe a little embarrassing or not. I don't know. Maybe I should own my hipsterness at this point. And then I'll start denying it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Number 10 is work in a coffee shop and drink a lot of coffee. So yes, I have worked in a coffee shop for a couple summers of my life. Two different coffee shops. One that was rather hipster. It was like artisanal gelato plus artisanal coffee altogether. And I do drink coffee every single day. So if this were to categorize me as hipster, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when I was just reading through this, and I drink coffee maybe once every two days, never worked in a coffee shop, but I think part of this is really how elitist you are about coffee. I would drink coffee, but I would drink coffee from a gas station if I was really thirsty. I'd go in, oh man, I, need to, I would drink this. Well, I know people who would be like, no, if it isn't Arabica blend, I will not take it. Yeah, and that was definitely my experience in Portland. And I would say I was the most hipster in terms of this category when I was in Portland because then it was just the best of the best coffee and nice pour overs etc etc but now it's really whatever I can get before I go to work in the morning <laughs> so the next one is they live in a hip centric towns for instance Brooklyn Minneapolis Austin Portland Oma Northern Ireland all uh, hipster centrals. <laughs> all equally hip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's scratch that last one. To live in one of these hip-centric towns. And yeah, again, I've lived in Portland for five years, and I lived in a very hipster neighborhood of Prague for a couple years. 
And now I live in up and coming hipster city in Durham. Just tons of hipster everywhere. I've lived, if we're encountering the hipster neighborhood of Prague, I have certainly lived there myself. I think I, that's a check mark for both of us at this stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good. Good. Like, I'm glad you have one. The next one is you've got a strong interest in handmade, independent, or craft things. Well, yes. I suppose I do enjoy if I want to have, for example, art on my walls, I'd rather it be either handmade, independent or craft than a mass produced thing generally. But I don't know. I, I guess that's I guess that is a good way to describe a hipster. I mean, a lot of people would say hipsters are just people who really want authentic things. So they tend to like things which are like original and authentic. But I honestly think if you're going by the definition handmade, independent, or craft things, the majority of people like that. Yeah, I think it's just a trend. And maybe it was started with the hipsters as like a counter culture movement against like the mass consumerism that we still see today, obviously. But it is kind of just a, I think, a general trend of younger people and just people all over around wanting to find things that are not so world mass consumerism to kind of show their identity i would to an extent for instance if you said here's a homemade meal or mcdonald's i'll take the homemade meal but if you said hey luke i made this car or i could get one from nissan i'm sorry holly but i do not trust your engineering skills (laughs) really good point (laughs) only certain things are quote-unquote better with their handmadeness some things you really just want to trust to well-established you know, rules and principles. So I'd say we both get a tick for that, right? Yeah, I would agree. That you collect records and are into obscure music. Records could either be CDs or vinyl, but vinyl for the bonus point. Yeah, I mean, really, do, do people collect CDs? I don't think you can yet. I don't think that's cool to do yet. Is it cool to collect like, cassette tapes from back in the day? That's a good question. Because I still think that's pretty crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think maybe the reason records are so cool is that they still hold that really good sound quality that did get lost with you know cassettes and cds and everything i honestly like them because i think they're almost art with the size mm. that they are and like the cover art and stuff like that they're a lot prettier to have than let us say a cassette tape which shows you know side one of sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band i don't think many people would buy that for a lot of money maybe they would yeah no i don't think so i think you're right on that one do you have lots of records luke does this check off a box for you i had a lot of records when i was growing up but i think everybody did now you actually go into what people like i haven't bought a record in the last seven years neither have i that being said uh there are lots of records in my house from my partner but i would not say this checks me off because i don't really listen to obscure music or collect records i guess so i'm hipster free on that part okay speaking of that just to move on have you ever stopped liking a band because they became big that's a good question i (coughs) fun (coughs) fun Okay, fair enough. Yes, but I would argue that's because they changed the styling of their music and how it changed. I think when bands become big, a lot of the time they change their sound. Well, I have to admit myself being a connoisseur, I did really like early Limp Biscuits, so uh, I'm up there with you. <laughs> okay, number six is own a fixed gear bike or unicycle. No, on both counts, but I have had again a fixed gear bike in the household due to my partner, so. I guess that kind of outcounts. Okay, I think we're starting to indicate that you might be dating a hipster. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm 
definitely dating a hipster. 100%. Cool. So I've never owned a fixed gear bike or unicycle. Moving on. Five. You are wearing thick horn-rim glasses. Yes to Luke. No to me. In fact, ah. I got LASIK to get rid of that <laughs> completely. Does that mean we're even on points now? Oh no, let's count it up. I think we are. I think we're even on points. Oh wow, maybe you are actually truly a hipster. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't you cannot speak honestly without sarcastic humor. <laughs> well, I can definitely speak honestly without a sarcastic Well, okay, sometimes. Yeah, I have a hard time, maybe, not being sarcastic, but I don't only talk that way, so that's good. I think when you're looking at that to define people, I would say when people normally think of hipster, it's like you can never be honest. So every conversation that you have lacks sincerity. Oh, right. Well, then... Because it wasn't like, I was like, when I contacted you before the Skype call, I was like, and how are you living? You're like, oh, it's bliss or whatever, you know, if you're having a bad time. You know, it wasn't that lack of sincerity. So I think we both pass. Good. (laughs) I agree. Number three, you have a beard, mustache, or long hair for men, or wear a weird hat for women. And I want to add to that one that I even saw a couple last night where I was struck by how hipster they looked. And this was because a woman was wearing those clear glasses, you know, the, the clear frames that look kind of dirty, clear plastic. <laughs> That's been very popular. Um, but she also had like really unkempt hair and put up in like a super messy bun. Looked like she hadn't washed her hair in like five days or something, which is whatever. It's obviously it's totally cool. But it did strike me as uh, that is the woman hipster equivalent of men with beards and mustaches or long hair. Or that, or like, you know, like some of the trendy hairstyles, like some shaved parts of, you know, but only a little bit shaved of their head. I would have always thought for hipsters when going by our earlier definitions. Do you think that was like a conscious fashion choice or she just didn't care? That's a good question. I would argue that she probably chose that consciously. Probably because maybe for reasons like, I don't know, it's better to, I want to look like I care about the environment a lot, or I really don't want to use that much water to save bills. I don't know, for many different reasons, but I bet it was partially conscious at least. I just have to admit when I used to have long hair, I have very wavy hair, so I had to tie it back in a bun. And I wanted it to be better, but I was just lazy. That's a good point, maybe that's it too. (laughs) The next one for Holly to take the lead. You wear plaid shirts, tight <laughs> jeans, and ironic t-shirts. Yeah, I mean, this is this was a very conscious decision, considering that I knew I was going to be doing a podcast about hipsters. But in honor of that, I have my plaid shirt and leggings on. So it is very much hipster wear. So, yeah, I have to say I'm wearing jeans and a pink polo shirt. So I think I would come under a preppy jock. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might be the category. <laughs> so, yeah. So Holly takes the lead. Okay, and finally, last one. The most defining characteristic of a hipster is you hate the mainstream. And I don't know my answer to this one. What is the mainstream, I guess, is my question. Holly, do you like Taylor Swift? Oh, well, see, yeah, I do. I do like some music of Taylor Swift. Do you own a television? No, don't own a television. Do you watch modern television? Yes, I do, on Netflix. Child of my era. Is it just like Portlandia, or would you watch Big Bang Theory? Ah, so not Big Bang Theory, but I would watch like crime dramas, so I'm not exactly sure where that puts me. <laughs> I think that you don't hate the mainstream in fairness. It's one of those things that's tested and uh, I would say for myself that I like an awful lot of things which are to do with the mainstream, but I prefer certain television shows. I think liking British television as an American would make you a hipster. 
Mm-hmm. Because they're very because instead of American television is tends to be written by a bunch of people and have twenty six episodes a year, British television has two series. They're about six episodes long. They're about two years apart. They're written by the one person. They've got about six actors. So I think they're like the handcrafted hipster version. So if you were like, man, I only watch Blackadder season three and four. You know, if you're like that, I would say you hate the mainstream. That's true. That'd be definitely hipster. Including Downton Abbey, of course. So I think that puts Holly on... Ooh, you're just past the line, so you are definitely a hipster. Well, (laughs) I'm on the other side of that line by one point, making me not a hipster, but still really cool. Or we can both be hipsters. Both be hipsters. I'm just a little bit more hipster. No, 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 no. no. This is an all or nothing (laughs) contest. I give you all the accusations I've ever had of being. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Except I'm just a little bit cooler than you. It's a harsh truth, but it is. Okay, but in seriousness, other things associated with hipsters are having a liberal arts degree, living off their parents' money, gentrifying areas of the city, disliking things they used to like to when they become popular. So these are all hipster trends. And maybe if I had inserted those, Holly wouldn't have lost our contest. Let's put it this way. (laughs) I'm a bit of a biased host. So now we've kind of talked about a lot of definitions of hipsters. Holly, could you tell us some of your Portland experiences? Yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely... I was there before it got expensive, which... And more mainstream, quite honestly. So... uh, So other people are tourists. (laughs) Exactly. No, so it was... I mean, it was already then a city of farm-to-table. Portlandia episodes were so funny because they just hit on it exactly right. The young people go there or went there to retire. Now they can't because the rent's too high. But um, you see people with master's degrees working on their own little organic farm outside their house and then selling that to restaurants. I actually interviewed a woman once who her whole her job was creating baby vegetables. Like she grew small vegetables to sell to restaurants around the city. And they were you know special because they were tiny and of course organic and et cetera, et cetera. So would that just be like would they be bred to be small or would they have been like you get out of the ground now. Well, I, I'm assuming she got varietals that were bred to be small, just because they were tasted great. They were fully mature and ready to be picked, you know what I mean? But ready to be harvested. But yeah, things like that. Or uh, I did my thesis. Again, I did a lot of papers on food and culture and hipsterdom, if you will. But my thesis was on artisanal butchery, which was a huge thing. I think a lot of people associated, back in the day anyways, hipsters and Portland with vegan and vegetarian you know, food culture, which was true. There was tons of that. But uh, there was also a huge rise in artisanal butchery of basically urbanite city people, hipsters, if you will, uh, learning to take down like a side of a hog and break it into different parts and put store it in their freezer. So, which actually is a pretty cool culture part of hipsterness is kind of the return to the land in some ways even if it is quite commodified would you say that's hipster culture or more just like portland being a very rural original city like kind of very frontier maybe yeah maybe it's a mixture that's a good point i would say it's probably both i think in some ways it like people were consciously appropriating that they wanted to be cool which which again, I, that was part of the, the crux of my thesis as an undergrad, is that they were kind of appropriating this. It was still like richer people who were again maybe espousing the bohemian lifestyle. But at the same time, Portland was the perfect place to start that 
movement because it was so closely located to farms, great farms, like right outside the city limits. But I think it's happened in other cities as well. Maybe not strictly artisanal butchery classes, but again, that whole resurgence of, you know, it's cool to eat different parts of the animal that was, you know, taboo in the U.S. for the longest time, or it's cool to be doing, you know, local ingredients, etc. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that for a lot of probably, I think a lot of it's to do with resurgent culture. So I would say maybe hipsters from uh, somewhere like Brooklyn, they probably wouldn't have as much artisanal food because you're in New York, but they might bring back something that they used to have, like uh, shoeshine boys from back in the day. Hipsters being shoeshine boys, that could be awesome. (laughs) That'd be pretty great, actually. What was the weirdest thing you saw in Portland? Because I'm sure going by the time that you're in Portland, there could have been some freaky things going on that a lot of squares wouldn't put up with. Did you ever see people with like weird animals or anything like that? Weird pets? Oh yeah. I mean, definitely you'd have like the person who was like walking his pet rat, which is strange. I don't know what else. I mean, there's like, there's a tiny bike movement in Portland where they chain all these tiny bikes, you know, like for children to a statue is actually made for them in the corner of uh, where Powell's the largest independent bookstore in America is of course, because it's Portland. And they would all ride their tiny bikes down the street once once a week. It was like a thing everyone gathered for. Almost like uh, the parade at Disneyland, <laughs> but for hipsters. Yeah, but for, for hipsters. <laughs> exactly right. A lot more cigarettes and beer. Okay. Did you know anyone who owned a unicycle? Admit it. <laughs> I have definitely seen people, especially on my campus, they had unicycles, but I've not personally known them. So, But it's been around. I, you saw people on unicycles in Portland, too. It's good to know. But we're going to move in because we've been using hipster like it's a definite thing. So, Holly, do you think hipsters actually exist? Because, again, it's a pejorative term people are describing people. Do you think that hipsters are real? <laughs> I do. Yeah, sure, hipsters are real. But I think that it's not it's not real in terms of like a strictly defined category. But if you're talking about, in the pejorative sense, if you're talking about anyone who falsely puts on airs in terms of like, oh, I really like this nerd aspect and I really like this purposely uncool looking clothing and I really like, you know, being close to the environment and helping the world, but I also drink my $5 coffee, which does terrible things to the environment all the time, you know, then yeah, sure, hipsters exist. But it's, it's, that's too broad. Again, it's just too broad. And people can easily incorporate parts of being a hipster, but not be hipster in other ways, which is why so many people say, well, I'm not a hipster. This person does this, you know, this person does this. I'm, I don't do that. Well, my whole problem with hipsterism, and this is what I had problem with during the research is it seems to be like, do you know, I I think it was called the Volstead Act in the United States. Actually, no, that was to do with alcohol, but it came out at the same time that it was the act which was banning pornography. And in the Supreme Court, they came out and they made the statement that, like, what's the difference between art and pornography? And the Supreme Court justice said, uh, I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you when I see it. Mm. And I think that's almost kind of the way for hipsters because exactly so. you could see you could see someone with a lot of hipster traits and they might not just be hipsters because your descriptions of hipsters, they could just be like a nerd who's rich and really into ecology. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I think that you have to add the conscious cool element, but it gets really, that's why I kind of find hipsters so hard to describe because there wasn't like a first hipster and people follow him. It's just like, other people seem to point to people and say they're hipsters. And as you say, the New York Times reached such a kind of place that they said, hipster is overused. Okay, Holly, are my glasses hipster? 
Yeah, by the definitions, of course. Okay, so I take them off and I put on this, because they're a new pair of glasses, right? Ah, okay. So if I was to put on, and here's my props, I know props on a podcast <laughs> is a bad idea, but if I, I put on do. these very fashionable glasses, oh, yes. are these hipsters? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I would argue they're even more hipster. Because they're very ugly looking glasses. So <laughs> yeah, I had exactly nice so. glasses and I put them on. So they're even more hipster. Okay, let's say I'm too cool to wear glasses. So I'm going to go around without any glasses now. Hipster? Well, then, then you know, if you were, I guess if you're too cool and somehow appropriating that, then yes. But no, I mean, without the glasses, you just look less hipster. You see, that's my kind of problem is that if you want to use the term hipster, you'll be like, hey... You think you're so cool with your new glasses, you big hipster. Oh, hey, look at you with your antique old glasses, you hipster. Oh, hey, you're too cool to wear glasses, you hipster. It's like, what way do you dodge that accusation? Right, no, you can't. <laughs> it's the, uh, maybe in some ways the beauty of the term. It's just like a use-all for anything you dislike, pretty much. So you think there definitely are hipsters? Yes, I do. But again, I say that with knowing that I can't tie down and make into a certain simple category. So maybe it's useless. I would agree with you, but I just find it just a little bit hard. Yeah, it's frustrating. Do you think a lot of people who hate hipsters, do you think the hatred is a fair hatred? I No, I think they just care about I think people who really hate it care about it a little bit too much. <laughs> I think just going by the joke you said earlier, two hipsters yelling at each other that the other one's a hipster. Mm-hmm. I think that most people who call other people hipsters are in fact, hipsters. hipsters. Yeah, exactly so. Because I had friends in London and they were, uh, they formed a blog and they were like anti-hipster. Like they would follow and take pictures and be like, hey, hipster watch. And I was like, you guys are the biggest hipsters of all time. Oh no, 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 we're not, we're not. It's like only someone who's extremely hipster would probably do that. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know the history, but I wonder if there's been other fashion slash social, you know, groups of people that have in this same way tried to say they're not what they are so many times in such a vigorous volume i don't know most of our fashion that's the kind of weird thing that most of our fashion choices are decided like when i was growing up i was a rocker so i grew out long hair because i liked rock music and if someone asked me are you a rocker i would say i am a rocker Mm -hmm. the people younger than me would have these like side partings going across their face and they would say hey i'm emo because i'm really emotional like this i'm emo but like, you know, before that, people you'd have people who'd be into disco and they dress up. That's what I find so confusing about hipsters is that... They don't own it. Yeah. There's no reason not to. I mean, uh, all these previous trends have all been slammed over and over again. But those people, you know, there's still a group of people who said, yeah, no, I am this probably. But hipsters, it's just it's just bad. It just can't be a hipster. There is also hatred about gentrification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's very real. Um, that's definitely a struggle that many cities deal with and many residents of those cities. And that is pushed by the hipster culture. So that's, that's a real thing for sure. Gentrification. Honestly, I think it's not the worst thing depending on the area. I joked earlier about my hometown being, uh, you know, hipster haven. But the weird thing about it is that it's a town which has kind of got very locally deprived recently and there's no real cultural scene. And a lot, because it's free, a lot of the old downtown area is now charity shops. So it's kind of a bit sad and like people would hate it if a bunch of like cool people started moving it and building stuff, but it would be bad for people who want to continue living there, but I think it would be great for the economy. It's true. I mean, these cities, it's a good point. These cities that have experienced gentrification, from what I understand, again, not having fully researched this subject, but it seems like they really do 
experience kind of a resurgence in the overall economic prosperity of the city. That is a good thing to consider as well. Moving forward, you know, is it fair for other people to label people? Is it fair to point up someone and say if they're a hipster? And is it discriminatory? If they say, I'm not a hipster, should you leave it alone? Boy, that's a good, that's a big question. Because are labels always fair? Absolutely not. Um, but do humans just have a tendency to label things? It makes us easier for us to process the world? Yeah, we do. So I think labels are sometimes dangerous, but like anything, they can be good or bad. And it's, it's like a tool that we humans use in both good and bad ways, I guess. I think the easiest way to solve this entire situation is I think hipsters don't like the term hipster. I think they don't like it. I th wish that if the people who were part of it had defining labels, so if they just suddenly started saying, no, what we're actually into is we're kind of like an independence movement that we're into independent things, independent sources, just call us indie kids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If they had their own label, then it would be a totally different situation. I think if you started doing that, other people around you would be like, that's such a hipster thing to do. <laughs> that's true. You're like stuck. You can't get out of it. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, the Scarlet Letter. Once you get it, you just can't get it off. That's <laughs> true. You're stuck as a hipster for life. Because even people who are addressing, you know, you know, normcore, you heard of that term, right? Even the people who are addressing like that are still like, you know, could still easily be called hipster. And they're still, they're trying to appropriate boring clothing and like being back in the 90s. But that's yeah, typical. There are just certain people that they'll be called hipsters no matter what. Like, I could go out and I could wear a full tweed suit, buttoned up and all this sort of stuff, and people would just say, look, he's an Irish dude, that's weird, like, you know, <laughs> if that, you know, he's dressing weirdly, but he's a foreigner, and people at my hometown would probably look at me and say, hey, that guy's just acting like a weirdo, but I'm pretty sure that if you had someone, for instance, your partner, who will remain unnamed, if he was to go out wearing a full tweed suit, wearing the exact same thing, people would be like, you absolute poser. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, it just depends. Yeah, like the <laughs> what kind of appropriation are you doing? So, no, I'm saying yeah, you'd probably be called a hipster. And our last question is: If hipsters exist, are they bad for society? <laughs> I'm interested to hear your take on this, Luke, because I would say my gut reaction is no. I mean, I think that some of the things they're pushing in terms of locally sourced food going back to kind of organic handmade locally produced everything is a good movement for um it's kind of like a what they call it a social economy i think an economy that you know tries to do good the good is part of what you're paying for which has its problems but is a better step forward than what we've been seeing i think there's certain aspects of hipsters which are just a fashion choice i think that if you take all the way that they dress and their bikes, and even speaking sarcastically, Generation X did that. And you can see the Simpsons parodying that 20 years ago. Like, you know, that was common enough. But the thing that I think is the main thing for hipsters is how, like, they want authentic things. They want handmade things. They want independent things. And I think that that is actually a force for good, that people want that. That is one of the main points of hipsters, that they want authentic things. And I think that's partly why there's a kind of like a mainstream cultural backlash to that because they're like, hey, you're not going to read the New York Times because you want to reject your own locally produced pamphlet read by 500 people in your local area with news according to you rather than hearing like, you know, mass produced stuff. So mass produced stuff has a reason to start hating on them. I mean, 
That's a really good point. <laughs> they have the kind of the media against them in some ways. Yeah, but I mean, that's partly kind of why. I think it's also partly because they're millennials. Yeah, that's true, which is also another term that's just bandied around way too much. But uh, yeah, it is. I agree that that strive for local authenticity, while sometimes may be hard to find, and maybe they're not really finding it, but think they are, it's still, again, a good step, a good, a good force. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that you mentioned earlier, but a lot of people who are termed hipsters aren't the stereotype that they're living off their parents' money. A lot of them are like Silicon Valley types who are trendy or like just up-and-coming young couples. I think there certainly were, as you say, people who would go to retire at young age, but do they really exist anymore? Maybe in the really, again, up-and-coming cities where they can afford to do that, but yeah, no, I think a lot of the time it's people who have good, steady jobs, at least if you're a millennial, because we're growing up, you know, we're getting to that point where we tend to have more stable job career situations, which means that we try to maybe live in our same lifestyles as before, but we generally have a lot more money behind it. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for coming on the, from the podcast, Holly. Before we finish this up, we're going to do plugs. Holly, you do not wish to plug anything? Right, I have nothing to plug. But thank you for letting me be on the podcast. It was great. So the thing I would like to plug is, I would like to plug first the True Crime Couple podcast. They are a great podcast who uh, generally talk about true crime. They've got about 10 episodes out. It is just a couple who are speaking about it. Great guys. They, uh, they're Kay and John. And uh, yeah. A really interesting podcast. Look into it. I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast just going by the demographics who listen to things like My Favorite Murder or uh, Last Podcast on the Left. So if you like that and you want to be a hipster cool kid and you want to get into something early before they come become lame and sell out, listen to the true crime couple, okay? As for this, this is Scapegoat. I'm Luke. Listen to our other podcasts. Like, rate, subscribe if that's possible for you. Okay, and chill out, guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm beginning to see the problem. We don't believe in rules like we gave them up when we started living like freaky beatniks. You don't believe in rules, yet you want to control Ned's anger. Yeah, you've got to help us, Doc. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas.